But first, the results of midterm elections are in for a majority of races across the nation. But runoff elections in key states mean that some seats are still up in the air. Even so, history was made across the country. I hope tonight shows you that you can be whatever, whoever you want to be. And it's not lost on me that I've made a little history tonight myself as well. I know it will be the honor of a lifetime to serve as Arkansas's 47th governor and the first female governor the state of Arkansas has Joining us now with a national overview of Tuesday's elections is Arthur Delaney, senior reporter at the HuffPost covering politics and the economy. Welcome back, Arthur. Thanks for having me back. So what surprised you uh, most about this year's election results? Well, a lot of people expected Republicans to... Uh, sweep into control of the House and Senate, and that just didn't happen at all. Yeah. So that was a huge surprise. Uh, they, still, they still could win control, uh, especially of the House, but the, outcome, the race was just so, so much closer than a lot of people expected that we are waiting on a lot of uh, races to be tallied, especially mm-hmm. in California. Yeah, nail biters out there. Um, there were a lot of significant firsts this year, as you heard in that tape, more first elected female governors than I thought would happen. What about you? Uh, I, I honestly was not aware of the record number of female governors, but there, there were, of course, were uh, high-profile races in Michigan and one in Arizona mm-hmm. that, that were still waiting. And, and either way, there would be a, a female governor in, in those states. So uh, it, it also a lot more diversity among Republicans. They they have uh, yes. they made a real effort to recruit non-white uh, male candidates and uh, you know have been doing much better in that regard. Yeah, my eyes were on uh, Maryland as well. First black governor there, only the third black person ever elected as governor in the U.S. history. Um, that's Wes Moore, and um, New York elects you know officially its first female governor, Kathy Hochul. So there's still no word, though, Arthur, on, on what party is going to control the U.S. Senate or the House at this point. Give us the latest there. Well, we're, we knew that it would take a while to sort out the Senate because there were close races in Arizona and Nevada. Uh, and we, we know that Arizona, uh, the counting process could be slow. So we're, we're not shocked by that. The latest, though, is that Democrats are, are, are looking pretty good in both those states. And then it will. So, it, so it's very likely um, that they'll win control even before we get to a runoff election in Georgia. Yeah. And I and that would be uh, uh, stunning. That would mean that because Democrats flipped Pennsylvania, that they would actually gain a seat in these midterms. So that's that's uh, you know that we always knew that that was theoretically possible, mm-hmm. but most people didn't expect it, and that would have. Huge implications for Joe Biden and uh, and and governing, because the uh, the 50 seat majority that they've had for the past two years has been really tough for them. Now with the Republican House, which which still seems likely, even though it hasn't, uh, it's not official yet. You know that, that they're not going to be able to like pass Build Back Better, right? Obviously, <laughs> uh, you but, know, it, but if there's, it, it, it's funny to think of a, a a Georgia runoff election with. Senate control not on the line, which was the case in the runoff election in, in 2021, because why would you'd, you'd have Herschel Walker, and it's not about control of the Senate, and this is the guy who 
uh, you know, paid for all these abortions and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, was, was threatening to his wife. He's not, he's not a great candidate, and there would be less incentive for Republicans there to vote for him. Just, I'm just so shocked that it was so close to begin with, uh, Arthur. I'm still, I'm still, still puzzled there. But you know, as as candidates, <laughs> there as they head to the runoffs, as you mentioned, basically control may be uncertain for weeks. It seems. Oh yeah, and, uh, but here's another thing that's a little bit surprising about that: there's hardly anyone uh, saying the election was stolen from them. You know, re- Republicans up and down the ballot gracefully conceding. I uh, don't know what Carrie Lake will do. She's the one running for governor of Arizona who's extremely bombastic and has suggested that any election she loses is, is rigged. Uh, but for the most part, even with Donald Trump saying, get out there and protest, nobody's doing that. Yeah. And, and, and so we, you know, we, will, we, will, we may have weeks of uncertainty, but it's not looking like it's going to be weeks of unrest. So that's great. Why didn't Republicans sweep the polls like they hoped, Arthur? What, what happened overall? It looks like uh, the advantage that they did have on the economy was simply countered by Democrats' advantage on abortion. And we shouldn't be too surprised by that because we knew that all, all year, uh, you know, ever since the Supreme Court overturned the federal right to abortion. Uh, but in the weeks leading up to the election, there was this vibe that was not really based on polling uh, that Republicans would do really well. It had a lot to do with just the historical fact that a president's party gets blown out in the midterm election. And, uh, but, you know, taking away uh, reproductive rights is a big deal. And it mattered a lot. Exit, the exit polling showed this. Uh, the, it was the Democratic advantage on abortion was equal to or greater than the Republican advantage on the economy. And I... There's, you know, there's a lot going. There's a lot of other stuff. There's crime, uh, but I think that's it's that simple. Like the, yeah. that issue was huge in this election, and Democrats are, are you know, clearly have an advantage there. Well, as you've already mentioned, former President Trump had a hand in, in many Republican candidates in this year's election cycle. How does the party feel about him now, with with such narrow wins? It's. Well, we're trying to figure that out. Clearly, Donald Trump foisted bad candidates on the party. Uh, for instance, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. He didn't live in Pennsylvania. Right. He, he lived in New Jersey. And I, I think that really, really hurt him. And there's a lot of other House candidates and, and some Senate challengers uh, like Dan Baldick in New Hampshire who were, who were Trumpy guys and just totally bombed. So... There are some Republican officials who are saying, you know, on off the record that they're really mad at Trump. But there's not there's not a tremendous public outpouring mm. of recriminations from these Republicans. Uh, elected Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene are pushing back hard on the idea that Donald Trump was the problem. Uh, they are instead saying it's it's the it's the uh, you know the party leaders the honchos who are the problem really? which is not yeah which is not true i mean you've got you've got if you have a wacky guy pushing wacky candidates and they lose because people thought they were wacky you don't want to blame that on kevin mccarthy uh but <laughs> that, you know the, their anger is is being funneled directly into the uh the internal dynamics of who's going to be their speaker in the house when they do eventually uh, uh, win a majority, which which does seem likely, 
And uh, so there's this drama that we're following about whether they'll be angry enough to, to really try to take the Speaker's gavel away from Kevin McCarthy, which is another thing that looks unlikely. But there, there will definitely be a lot of chaos, and I, I'm not sure how much reflection about Donald Trump. But the guy has, you know, he lost the presidency, and he didn't help him win the midterms. It's, it's right. a clear trend of Donald Trump not helping Republicans win elections. Yeah, and they did have a more diverse pool this year um, than in years past. Definitely more female candidates. Do you think that had any impact on their ability to pick up seats? Well, they didn't pick up as many seats as they as they wanted. I, I don't think that the the uh, demographics of their candidates. I haven't seen anyone say that that was a huge factor. Uh, yeah. They did really well in Florida, uh, but their success there is not a template that they can replicate elsewhere. So I, I'm not sure what they ought to do, except have better candidates. You know, not not have people who say the election is rigged and uh, are devoted to other conspiracy theories propagated by the former president. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're digging into the national results of the 2022 midterms with Arthur Delaney. He's senior reporter at the HuffPost covering politics and the economy. So, Arthur, Democrats will maintain their majority uh, until new House members are sworn in come January. What kinds of things are Republican members hoping to accomplish as the new majority, if that comes to pass? They don't have clear things that they want to accomplish, uh, and that's partly because if they control just the House but not the Senate, or even if they did control the Senate, too, with Joe Biden in the White House holding a veto pen and Democrats in the Senate with filibuster power, they, they do not have a, a clear path to enacting legislation that they prefer. Uh, the, the, the House majority looks like it really just wants to cause chaos and, and give Joe Biden a figurative bloody nose, uh, and they, they will have significant ability to do that because uh, we have this law that uh, disallows the federal government from borrowing money uh, beyond a certain amount in order to pay bills that Congress has racked up. Yeah. And there's, there's a deadline approaching to deal with that and it's called the debt ceiling. And, and if and Republicans say, well, we won't, we won't support that. We just won't. We're going to demand something. What do you want? Uh, we'll, we'll tell you later. <laughs> so, yeah. and, they, and they proved with Barack Obama that they were really willing to, to go right up to the edge of a federal debt default. So that, I think that is the biggest thing to watch out for. And, and certainly it's the most significant piece of leverage that Republicans have already said they intend to use. Well, all this uh, talk about Democratic wins this season, we do have to mention that they didn't do so hot with Latino voters. What happened there? They well, More Latino voters are voting for Republicans across the board. And that was especially true in Florida. Uh, it was not as true in Texas, but it's uh, a, a big problem for Democrats because for a long time they've just taken – the uh, support from Latino voters for granted. Uh, they, I mean, for the most part, they do have, uh, m- most Latino voters do vote for Democrats, uh, but it's trending in the Republican direction. And in Florida, yeah. most Latino voters did vote for Republicans. So you can see uh, how this could be catastrophic for Democrats. And uh, I, am, I am not sure what they would have to do to reverse that trend. But, uh, but you know, being 
the more dovish party on immigration is clearly not the answer. As we all remember, Supreme Court justices overturned Roe v. Wade after a 50-year precedent, and um, it was clearly on voters' minds this election, as you mentioned. Four states had it on their ballots this cycle, right, Arthur? Yes, and in, 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 in those referendums, people vote to protect uh, abortion rights, and that's another thing that was helpful to Democrats. Florida used to be known as a, a swing state, but this election seems to have it firmly in the red. Can you talk about what happened there? Well, the uh, they've got Ron DeSantis, who is I think really energizes Republican voters, uh, but the state has been trending in this direction, and it's not clear if Democrats are even wanting to contest this trend. Um, Although in the in the case of Val Demings, the, the Democratic Congresswoman who's running for Senate against Marco Rubio, she did uh, spend a lot of money in that race and, and got totally blown out, uh, and uh, you know to, to, to pretty much the same extent that Ron DeSantis blew out his, his Democratic challenger. So mm-hmm. it's it's the uh, Democratic Party in Florida. You know, the officials there have said they need to do some soul searching. Uh, it, it looks like they're just losing the state. Even so, Florida did vote in a Gen Zer to, to represent the state's 10th district. That's Maxwell Frost. How many younger candidates were voted into office this year? Maxwell Frost is 25, so he'll be. That's the that's the age that's minimum for being a member of Congress. Yes, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not sure how many other Gen Zers uh, have been elected, but it's kind of a rare thing. Uh, and he he bucked the trend in Florida. And uh, it's it's a probably a good thing for Democrats to have more people like Max Frost because their leadership, of course, is a lot of people in their 70s and 80s, and, mm-hmm. and they're not sure who who will be their successors. Um, but you know, young people don't vote as much as other people, so it's you know that that may be part of the reason that more most members of Congress are so much older. Yeah, I mean, well, more young younger people are coming of age, coming of voting age. Do you see that maybe signaling a shift in politics at all? I don't. I mean, youth turnout was lower in this election than it was in the 2018 midterms. So I am not sure why the uh, trend of older people voting more would change. I mean, older people are just paying more attention to politics, um, especially the folks who are uh, you know, at retirement age and benefiting from Social Security and Medicare, uh, which are massively popular and important mm-hmm. government programs that prevent elder poverty. Well, you know, we're still waiting on some results, as you mentioned, from runoff races. What are you going to be looking out for? Well, one one race that is fascinating is uh, the Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, the Republican in Colorado, who is like really famous for being a Donald Trump supporter and really inflammatory and offensive, unexpectedly is is losing by like 60 votes right now as, as they're almost finished counting the ballots there. Uh, she got a, a strong, uh, unexpectedly strong Democratic challenger in Adam Frisch, uh, and there there might have to be a recount of that. I uh, you know that's not a runoff election. The, the big runoff election will be Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker in Georgia. Uh, we were saying earlier that 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 Democrats might have control of the Senate without that, but they might they might need Warnock to win in order to maintain their 50 seat majority. So that could be huge, and that and this is the same scenario 
for with Warnock and uh, John Ossoff uh, a year ago that gave Democrats the control of the Senate yeah. in 2021. So, you, so you see the stakes. I mean, them them winning that runoff election in 20 at the beginning of 2021 unlocked all of the legislative achievements that Democrats racked up. The the bill with the stimulus checks, the uh, gun control. Uh, uh, Infrastructure bill, Chips and Science Act, so it's and the, and the Inflation Reduction Act, which is basically the entire uh, Democratic climate agenda. So it, it's one race, but it's potentially huge. Arthur Delaney is a senior reporter at the Huff Post, covering politics and the economy. Good to have you back on, Arthur. Thanks. Thanks so much.